Chronicles of the Awakened, Chapter 11, Homefront. It was impossible. That much I could agree on at the moment watching the global resistance attack chopper hover directly above me. What I could not agree on was which reality was the impossible one. The sky was dark, filled with the ashes of the dead. The chilled air cut through my body. It reinforced the cold reality I was once again immersed in. I could taste the powdered bones of the fallen in the dust the helicopter had blown into my face. Everything was just as I remembered. Everything felt just as real as before. But so did Calaris touch. Sergeant Xavier, a soldier from the helicopter yelled. Stay where you are. We have... The night sky lit up a bright green. My eyes barely made it up to the clouds to see them split apart as a beam of energy tore through the sky, striking the helicopter. The blast decimated the machine as it hovered. The explosion reduced it to pieces. As the energy beam hit the ground, it created a blast wave. I watched as it expanded out, heading directly towards me. My hand still held the trigger for the grenades. I was about to smile. It was a sick joke. To believe I was dead only to awaken just to be killed again was just too much to bear. What stopped me was turning my head slightly and seeing the burn-marked street where the little girl's remains were. Instead, I closed my eyes and hoped my death would lead to nothingness. I no longer wanted an afterlife. I just wanted it all to end. He's coming around! Get the doctor! I could hear two soldiers. It was clear who they were by the smell of the oil on their weapons and the phrases they used. My body was sore, battered, and beaten. Pain itself was familiar. I was truly back in the body I had known. I forced my eyes open and to my surprise another familiar sight was around me. Alpha Medical had changed since the last time I was there. The bright white walls with the glass and metal accents were worn and dinged. Sounds from the equipment were different. There were less of them. I was in a room by myself. It was strange. Alpha Medical was refitted to a trauma center. The worst injuries were attended to there. It was one of only 12 buildings that were outfitted with a shield generator. My limbs were intact. Besides the many cuts and bruises and scars from my past, I could not see any serious injury. I wondered why I was brought to such a facility, and more so, why was I under guard? The soldier was young, new to the war. His eyes told me he had seen some death, but was not yet prepared for it. Perhaps that was why he was watching over me, but I still did not have a reason why I was being guarded. The blast itself should have killed me. Considering the fantasy I had just endured, perhaps it did. There were no dreams or even visions of Clara. Tried as I did, the memory of my experience with her was not fading. I could not see her face, but I could feel her absence. With my mind racked with questions, I was desperately looking for any answers. Clarity and truth was all I wanted. When I saw who walked through the door, 
I hoped she'd be the person to give him to me. David, she said. Her jet black hair struck a deep contrast to the white lab coat worn by Alpha Medical Doctors. Those amber eyes stared at me with a concern only a friend could have. A good friend. Dr. Lola Kane. I knew her from Naxon Research. We had become friends after I and her husband were transferred there. This will surely earn you a few medals, a familiar voice said. Directly behind her was another friendly face. I forced myself to sit up. I wanted to salute not only my commanding officer, but one of my best friends, Jonathan Kane, vice commander of the Delta Resistance Squad and former Alpha Factor leader. Seeing their faces made everything slightly better. I did not know Jonathan had been assigned to Naxum when I first arrived. Seeing him there made the transition an easier process. He had served his country with honor and distinction in the war, not only training Alpha Factor members, but taking command on the final push into the heart of the Federation territory. That was the past. After the meteors fell, Jonathan was put in charge of Delta Resistance. After losing Clara and finding most of the people who survived from Naxum killed, finding Jonathan alive and in charge of my new unit allowed me to focus on my mission, my revenge. He gave me a lot of leeway during my time with the Resistance. There were many instances where I should have been reprimanded or worse, but he understood my drive and allowed me to pursue my goals. What I could not help but wonder was why he was at Alpha Medical. The resistance base was relocated over 100 miles away from Alpha Medical. While it was possible he just wanted to see his wife or was aware of what happened to me, Jonathan was never the kind of person to leave his post for any man. I, I need to get back out there, I said. I'm, I'm fine. Just get me on the next transport. You need to rest, Lola said. You've been unconscious for nearly 36 hours. Her words surprised me. It had felt as if I'd only been out for a few hours, Max. There was a look of concern in her eyes, much more than for my medical health. Jonathan too had an expression, but his was different in a way I couldn't explain. Look, the truth is, we just can't let you leave just yet. Jonathan said. You were patrolling a sector that had already been attacked by the Ashers. There was no intelligence on any activity there, and then a few hours later the place becomes Asher City. Ashers? I asked. My question was not the first one that popped into my head. According to Jonathan, everything that happened to me up until the blast occurred within a few hours. I had to accept that their timeline was con correct, and if so, that would definitely mean that everything I had experienced with Clara and the other world was nothing but a dream. Where have you been? Jonathan said. It's what we call those alien bastards, don't you remember? It was derived from by the substance they leave behind when killed, Lola interjected. We have found their residue, or ash contains biomatter. But it's strange, it's nothing like what we've ever seen before. My eyes glanced over to the soldier, 
who stood silently as our conversations commenced. I still wanted to know why I was under guard and why I was in a private room when there were wounded and dying in the hallways. I had to be careful with my words as well as my actions. If they were to suspect something was wrong with me physically or mentally, they would pull me from active duty. After what I had experienced and still feeling the loss of Clara, I just could not afford that. Don't sweat the guard, Jonathan said, realizing my concern. There have been reports of Asher activity nearby, and the floor you're on not only contains special equipment, but information and personnel as well. I'm sure you don't need it, but Command gave the order to place a guard in each room. Alright, and why exactly am I on a special floor? I questioned. I'm not special personnel. Jonathan was always the kind of man to give it to you straight. When it was clear I would not be able to reach Claire, it was him who did not try to sugarcoat the reality of the situation. Perhaps the others thought they were being helpful or being nice. The truth is, many of them were hoping their loved ones would be there waiting for them, and to tell me to keep my hopes up was done so to comfort themselves much more than me. When Jonathan could not tell me something, he would make it clear, either through expression or direct words, that it was because he was being forced to. What I saw in his eyes when I asked him why I was on a special level within Alpha Medical and under guard was that he had an answer. He was not under a specific order not to tell me. He just did not want to. You know the losses we have taken, David, Jonathan answered. As you can see, this room really isn't for treating people. It's for test subjects. We brought you here because you're the only person left alive who was in that sector. There are questions to be answered, and we hope you can help us with that. Well, first and foremost, your health is the most important factor, Lola said. You suffered a concussion and were exposed to the radiation caused by the Asher's energy beam. We have already completed preliminary tests, and you do not have any signs of radiation poisoning. But considering your existing injuries, which you should have let healed, you will need to stay under our care, at least a few days. I did not know why I felt so mistrusting. Lola and Jonathan both had been nothing but upfront with me in the past. I believed it had to have been the dream. Nothing I could do to push it to aside and accept that none of it was real was working. I believed the world I was in was real. But my dream had left an imprint on me. There was still rage inside me that wanted nothing more than to kill Richter for what he had done. Trust did not come easily with me. It took time for someone to earn it, but once it was given, it was unwavering. Even though I was sure Jonathan was holding something back, I had no real reason to mistrust him. Lola, as always, was transparent in her words, she may not have specifically expressed what she felt in her speech, but if you knew her, then you would know exactly what she meant. Regardless, there were questions to be answered outside of my dreams. All resistance soldiers carried a tracking beacon that only top commanders could access. While it was not unknown for a team to be sent after a soldier, there was no reason to send a helicopter after me. If there was activity in the area, I would have been contacted via our earpiece communicator, 
Also, the men in the chopper trained their guns on me, even though I was clearly in uniform, and they ordered me to remain still. I'll tell you whatever you want, but honestly, there isn't much to tell, I began. I was in Sector 7 and had almost cleared the area. There was no activity and I was about to move on. I spotted something near the Union building and made my way there. Someone must have attacked me, knocked me out. I came to and saw the chopper. It was hit from above by an energy weapon and then I blacked out and woke up here. I did not want to lie to them, but there was more than one reason not to tell the truth. I had allowed myself to be drawn towards the girl. That was my first mistake. I allowed my emotions to drop my guard. That little girl died because of me, and I should have also been killed. It stood over me and fired its weapon. How could I explain that to anyone? Much less tell them about my dream and everything else that had happened. I see, Jonathan responded. Well, there'll be more to discuss. You will need to be debriefed. That will happen after he has rested, Lola said. Being unconscious is not the same as sleeping. You will need to remain here and don't even think of removing the monitoring devices on you unless you want me to strap you down. I know you, David. We need to monitor your vital signs and make sure you're okay. Tomorrow, we will conduct some final tests and then you can accompany Jonathan to Resistance Command. I honestly could not tell if Jonathan bought my story or not. Lola, on the other hand, seemed generally concerned about my well-being. As I left the room, Jonathan motioned for the guard to follow him. His gesture did put me at ease, that the guard being there was nothing more than an order, just as he had said. Still, the slight ease I felt did nothing to alleviate my overall anxiety. I hated feeling that way. After years fighting and doing what was needed to be done to survive, a long dream was slowly unraveling me. For the next five hours, I lied in that hospital bed staring at the blinking light of the security camera pointed at me. I fought against myself. Part of me wanted to fall asleep to see what dreams may come. The other part of me was frightened that I might have a dream of her again, and it was something I just could not let happen. I had to rest and in the end I did close my eyes. As I drifted off to sleep, I promised myself that no matter what, I would wake up in the same world and find my answers. An explosion rocked the building, forcing me awake. I glanced around the room confirming what world I was in. The clock showed I'd only been asleep two hours. I slid out of bed when another explosion shook the building even worse. I lost my balance and fell to the floor. The wires connected to me was pulled off. The sirens from both my equipment and the building began to wail loudly. I pulled myself to my feet and searched for my uniform to put on, but it had been removed. I walked over to the door and peeked through the small glass window. I could see that the security forces were scrambling. Doctors and nurses were rushing from room to room. I thought about what Jonathan said about enemy activity nearby. Even with the shield generator, a few direct blasts from their ship-based weapons would destroy the building. Unarmed in a hospital gown, there was nothing I could do, but I refused to remain in the room. Luckily, the door was not locked. 
I made my way into the hallway, trying to get my bearing. It had been years since I had visited Alpha Medical, and I had never been on that floor before. I wanted to find my uniform and a weapon, and join the others defending the building. David! What are you doing? Jonathan called from behind me. I turned around to see him running towards me holding a sidearm. Another explosion tore a hole in the side of the building not far behind Jonathan. Dust and debris flooded into the hallway. The impact knocked me to the floor. I could not see. The smoke and the dust was so thick I could hardly breathe. I crawled along the floor and reached Jonathan who was lying motionless, face down on the floor. I reached over to him. He opened his eyes and quickly retrieved the sidearm and pointed at me. Jonathan, wait, it's me! I yelled out. Jonathan blinked his eyes. He shook his head and began to stand. I stood as well, helping him to his feet. I could see he was clearly shaken up by the blast. He put his arm over my shoulder and we began to make our way towards the stairwell. The sounds of weapons fire and screaming was emanating from all around us. Whoever was attacking was close. Jonathan, is there a command post set up? I asked. I need to get my gear. <laughs> I need a weapon. No, Jonathan responded. We need to get to the bunker downstairs. Jonathan removed his arm from my shoulder just as we reached the stairwell. I did not know Alpha Medical had a bunker and I wondered why Jonathan would want to head there when we were under attack. I did not want to question him as a friend or a commanding officer, but his decision did concern me. What about the Ashers? I questioned. Shouldn't we help defend the building? David, there's nothing to defend, Jonathan said. A few months ago, we detected an Asher base ship in orbit moving over our position. It is the same one that destroyed the helicopter sent to retrieve you. They will be able to fire upon us in less than 10 minutes. These explosions are from their ground units. We have to make it to the bunker before they fire. As we continued down the stairs, the sounds of combat and the men and women dying made me feel like a coward for fleeing. I could understand Jonathan's needing to get to the bunker. He was a vice commander, but I was nothing but a grunt. My rank of sergeant was given to me because of service, but as far as I was concerned, I was just a weapon to be used for revenge. I wanted to be out there, even if it was to be a death sentence. Is Lola safe? I asked. Jonathan looked at me almost as if shocked that I would ask him that question. I was not trying to imply that he was going to her. I knew he would gladly give his life in battle. He was an honorable man. I sincerely just wanted to know. Lola was important to me as well. She had helped me deal with the loss of Clara and signed off when I would have been medically removed from active duty. She's fine, Jonathan answered. She was with me when we detected the ship. She'll be waiting for us in the bunker. But I, I don't get it. Why am I going with you? I asked. I should be out there with the others. Jonathan didn't answer. We continued down to the basement, and we made our way down a long corridor to a metal door with a keypad. Jonathan entered the code on the keypad and unlocked the door. Another long series of steps went even further down. It was clear that the area was built to withstand a powerful attack. I know you'd rather be out there, but that just is impossible, Jonathan responded. We still need any information you can give us. I promise, after we secure you and you're debriefed, we'll get you back on the front lines. I nodded in acknowledgement. 
Jonathan was just doing his duty as a soldier and a commander, and I respected him for that. We continued down several more flights of stairs to another metal door locked by an electronic keypad. As Jonathan entered the code, I could feel the vibrations from the explosions above. I refused to block them out. If I could not be there fighting alongside them, then I would at least acknowledge their presence and their sacrifice. I understand, Jonathan, but I don't know what I can tell you that I haven't already. We reached the set of massive blast doors leading to the bunker. They were partially open, just enough to allow personnel through. As we passed through each door, it closed behind us. There would be no one else that would make it inside. That fact did not sit easy with me. There were many we passed in the hallways and stairwell that would be killed when the blast hit. I wanted to ask why they could not be saved, but as I knew far too well, not everyone could make it out alive. It's not just a matter of what you can tell us, David, Jonathan said. That's not the information we're looking for. As I walked through the last set of blast doors, I quickly realized where we were. The Alpha Medical Building was one of 12 bunkers created during the Global War. It was more than just that. Along with the medical and scientific equipment, I could see several familiar areas, a clean room, a research lab, a medical bay. The bunker was an almost mirror image of Naxum Research. I walked ahead of Jonathan looking across the vast area at the hundreds of people going about their tasks as if they were oblivious to what was occurring outside. It was as if they were all working on a project. I turned to Jonathan, this time to demand some answers. What are you talking about? I asked. What are you looking for? The flash of white and pain hit before I realized Jonathan had struck me with his sidearm. My body went limp. I fell to the ground, fighting to remain consciousness. I looked up at Jonathan who had his weapon trained on me. His eyes turned away from mine. He was looking ahead at someone else. I could hear the footsteps approaching me. It's been a long time, David. The voice from behind was impossible. It could not be him. I only had the strength left to roll onto my back and look up and behind me at the man approaching. My body began to shiver at the sight of him. I could not believe what I was seeing. Losing the fight to remain conscious, my eyes rolled to the back of my head. My last thought was that I must have still been trapped in a dream world. Jonathan would have never betrayed me. And the man that stood over me, Dr. Henry Flagg, was killed over 20 years ago. Next week, Chapter 12.